This is Carl. This is Mark. And this is Sarah. And this is Retrograding. Yes, this is Retrograding, the show where three 90s kids give adult looks to our favorite childhood movies. This month, we are taking a look back at the Super Mario Brothers movie to determine if our nostalgia is warranted. And that's right, I've done this to both of you. Uh, And so it is on me to provide our audience with a 60-second synopsis, which you wouldn't think Super Mario Brothers would need, given its vast popularity as a video game. Uh, a lot of people have played it, but turns out, this film, very much not the video game. And so this will provide some vital things for our audience, things they wouldn't imagine could possibly be in a video game film. But if one of you wants to set a timer for one minute and give me a countdown, I'll get in going. I'll get in going? I'll That's get not going. Phrase. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm a mess. Well, you're starting out the same way the movie did, so... That's fair. I, I do have a timer already ready to go. I'm assuming Sarah is not even paying attention, so... <laughs> I don't like looking at your faces. That's fair. All right, Mark, count down when you're ready. Three, two, one, go! Mario and Luigi are two struggling New York plumbers who get wrapped up in trouble when Luigi falls for Davy. Daisy, an, or- an orphan paleontologist from another dimension, and she is captured by King Koopa, the new leader of a dimension who disposed Daisy's father so that Koopa can remerge the dimensions with Daisy's crystal. The Mario brothers follow Luigi's instincts and journey to the new dimension to save Daisy through several misadventures of getting arrested, almost evolved, the crystal changing many hands. The bros traveling through multiple terrains using their tools and trusting the fungus, who is really Daisy's dad. The bros manage to save Daisy, but now to save the world. Mario faces off with Koopa as Luigi and Daisy uh, prevent the merging of the universes with Daisy's crystal. Using a fungus bomb and a devolution gun, the bros turn Koopa into slime and save Daisy's dad, the original king. Mario and Luigi return home, but Daisy stays behind, disappointing Luigi. Uh, movie ends with Daisy coming back to New York to ask for the Mario's help again. Wow. Yeah. So... You got it done in less than a minute, but I have no idea what the movie is about. So. Oh, yeah, we'll get into it. <laughs> to cut it down to a minute, it I had to take a lot out. But we can get into each and every terrible moment of this film as we get into log four, what we saw as adults that we may have missed as children. So starting off, did you guys see this as a kid? I don't know if I saw it as a kid but i did see it before i was an adult so maybe yeah. middle school high school time i i don't think i watched it i actually asked somebody else about if they remember this movie and they said they watched it in theaters and i'm sure that i never saw it in a the theater but i think i saw it when it was on like a tv rerun or something yeah i did not see it in theaters i did not see it when i was four or five yeah I don't know this if I came out in 93 uh is that the same year as toy story it's around no there. toy story is 95, 95. <laughs> okay close uh not terribly far off well also 93 and 95 i confused because 
93, my brother was born. I was five in 93, and I confused those years. It's a... All right. You're right. They weren't the same year. See... In my mind, they are practically the same. See, but four and five and six and seven are very big differences in ages. At one, I probably had adult memories. The others, probably not. I'm not even sure I would have known what Mario was when I... Well, I take that What's back. What's a Mario? My uncle had a, a, a Nintendo system on which I played Duck Hunt. So, I think I saw this in theaters. Uh, reason was, like, when I was five... I was constantly being watched by my aunts and uncles who had uh, children of their own who were my elder cousins. And so, like, my cousins had a Nintendo and played this Super Mario Brothers constantly. And, like, when we would go over, we're dumb kids and we would try to play the game and fail constantly. But, like, they were fans of it and probably wanted to see this movie and decided... Let's just take the kids. They'll probably enjoy it. It's a Mario film. This came out in May of 93, so I was not close to being five at that point. Oh, man. May of 93 was when my little brother was born. <laughs> um, yeah, because my birthday's in September, so I was not super close to being five at that point, so I would not have seen this in theaters. I probably saw this as a rerun in the 2000s when it was on, like, TNT... Or something like, it had to have been like TNT or something like, TNT did all the terrible movies, like middle of the day. So what I love about this film, having watched it, um, which it has nothing to do with the actual production of the film or anybody in the film, even though I like people in it. It's that this film seems to be written by someone who's never played Mario or just had Mario described to them. This movie feels like David Lynch was given a children's cartoon and did not understand the assignment. This is someone yeah. who worked on 80s futuristic sci-fi and got very confused. Yeah, this is a person who heard Mushroom Kingdom, but never <laughs> saw what the Mushroom Kingdom looks like. Was the TV show before or after this movie... I don't know the TV Because, uh, well, oh, Sarah, Sarah no. mentioned the animated thing, so that's yes, why I was confused. The, the, the Mario Super... Oh, okay. The the one that had all the, the clips, and I would say it was before. You think so? I think so. I don't remember. It, well, the show was pretty terrible also, but... Well, the thing about this is, like, watching this, I thought about why... Did they take this direction? Why is this what this film became, given the assignment of make a film of Super Mario Brothers? Part of the problem is Mario doesn't have a plot. Like, the video game doesn't really have anything. A girl gets taken. Mario needs to go to the Mushroom Kingdom and commit genocide on Bowser's homeland to, you know, kill all the enemies, save the girl. That's the only thing. The problem is, this should never have been live action, and oh, yeah. this should never have been tried to widen its audience for more than just children. Yes. Uh, this is very much a gritty reboot before gritty reboots became popularized. This was like, oh, we want adults to... This was like before Nintendo really was just like, we don't care if adults like our 
stuff or not. We just make stuff that's fun. And and also this was a time when Nintendo wasn't quite as super protective about their IPs. And so this was the era where we got a lot of weird stuff where Nintendo like was like... Mario and Zelda cartoons. And the <laughs> Mario and Zelda... Um, oh... The, the the weird um hotel mario and the, oh, the right. zelda um oh what was that system gaming system where nintendo let them do whatever and nintendo doesn't quite do that anymore and so you got a lot of weird stuff but the thing is nowadays the people that like mario have liked it from their youth so they're okay with they're talking about bringing and uh, doing another Mario movie, and it'll probably be what it should have always been, which was cartoony and fun and for kids. And those adults that are come to see it are fine with that because they've liked Mario since they were kids. But in this area, they were like, we need to bring in those adults, so make it for everyone. How do we make this accessible to people who have disposable income? <laughs> Let's cast Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins deserved better. I love Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins I like great. him in this film. He's doing a pretty good Brooklyn, Manhattan-type guy in this, because that's his shtick, and he's great at it. And yeah, Mario's a plumber. I buy Bob Hoskins as a plumber. But like... He's no salesboat salesman, though. He's no salesboat salesman. <laughs> um, but it's like someone was like, Blade Runner's been good, like, those movies from the 80s where, like, it was, like, gritty dystopian future stuff, let's just put that in the ground and add dinosaurs. Yeah. Though this reminds me of a lot of video game movies where you have popular characters and you need to make an arbitrary story for these characters because there isn't an, a story inherent in video games. And it's just that people don't get why video games are entertaining and why it doesn't translate to a, a screen. Now, modern video games have a Hollywood plots to them now. I'm thinking like the Nathan Drake games, your Call of Duty games. Like, they are cinematic. They're extended movies now. But like 8-bit Mario games, they were fun because of the difficulty curve. Like, you would play them and try, and then you would die, and then you'd play them and try and get a little further and a little further and a little further, and eventually you beat a level, and that feels great. And, like, that's the, like, little adrenaline thing or cortisol, uh, no, that's the stress hormone, the good <laughs> thing in your brain, the dopamine, there we go, there we go. Uh, the dopamine trigger that just gets going and going and going and addicts you to playing this game. But, like, it's not inherently interesting watching somebody else play the game and then taking that to the nth degree, watching Mario go on an adventure. It's not inherently interesting because I'm not doing it. I think a bunch of Let's Play watchers would disagree with you. Do you think you would like watching a movie about Master Chief? Huh, probably not. I mean, I read one of the Halo novels and it was fine. But, like, I didn't connect with him. And, like, I'm... What makes a video game narrative interesting to me is I'm living that fantasy. I'm controlling this godlike character. No, you need Mass Effect because Master Chief doesn't make out with enough people. That's true. <laughs> well, that's true. Though, oh, even in Mass Effect, I can only romance one lady. Yeah, that's or why man. in the movie or version... Man. 
in movie version, he can make out with as many people as he, any, the theater wants. Just all making out. But what would he look like, Sarah? Because everybody has their own shepherd. Just switch actors for each sequel. Get I recast for each sequel. Anyway, but back to the original thought. I think that's why if they finally ever get this proposed new Mario movie, it'll probably do better because we now have the 3D Marios, which are more, they have more plots, they have more universes, they're more built, and I also think Nintendo kind of knows their brand better. They know what they are. I had that thought watching this, and like, I played Super Mario Brothers, and the aesthetic is bright and colorful mm. and cute. This film is none of those things. Exactly. I I was confused what this had to do with the video game. Other than nothing. the name of it and the name of the characters, nothing had anything to do with the story of the video game, except that the I guess the characters were plumbers also. Yeah, the really the only thing, girls get captured, Mario Brothers need to save them. It's not even the right girl. No, Peach isn't in this film. Daisy I mean, Daisy captured. is in the Nintendo universe, though. But Daisy is, doesn't but get I don't know captured. if she made an appearance in the games yet. No, you know what Daisy does? Daisy plays sports and hangs out with Peach. She's Peach's friend who maybe dates Luigi and plays sports. Also, Mario has a girlfriend in this whose name is Daniela, who doesn't feature in any other Mario property. Mario has two girlfriends, and that is neither of them. Yeah, it's, what, Rosalinda? No, no, no. No, that's the space girl. <laughs> that's the space girl, and that's Rosalina. Rosalina. Who's, who's the city one? Pauline. And now she's the mayor of a city. Right. Did we she ever even in the world. see and Mario's girlfriend big... in the movie? Yes, she gets captured first because the goons think that Daisy is in a disguise. Because they're very dumb. She features throughout. <laughs> and she's at the dinner, and she's like, you gotta take off the necklace so you can go in." Oh, I never take this off. My mother gave it to me, and I'm an orphan by nuns. No, Daisy <laughs> doesn't have that accent. Oh, but this, this is not a New York accent. This is a dinosaur accent. She's descended by dinosaurs. She, <laughs> she's not, because her dad's a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, true. <laughs> but she came from an egg. That is true, but her dad's a mushroom. Maybe All right. she we maybe need, her, okay, okay. Maybe her mom's okay. a dinosaur and her dad's a mushroom and she is cross species. But maybe Koopa turned her dad into a mushroom with his devolution gun. Hold on. Her dad wasn't a mushroom when he had Daisy. That's true. The dad was a mushroom because he got de-evolved, and I guess if you de-evolve a dinosaur enough. Mushrooms? But yet, Toad is not a mushroom. He's a weird, small-headed dinosaur. Yes. Okay, we're having a lot of fun. We need to contextualize this for our audience. I don't think so, we can. So, <laughs> but we need to start at the most basic thing, which was what the 60-second synopsis was supposed to do. <laughs> so, start of the movie, Daisy hatched from an egg, has a crystal. And yet, the nun is like, no, this is, this is a blessing from God. Yeah, this is God's egg. Apparently, this is normal <laughs> in convents in New York. Oh, yeah, this is, this is such a movie trope. I've never even heard of this happening in, like, real life where somebody decides they don't want to have a baby or, like, don't want to give it up for adoption. They just leave it on the doorstep for nuns to take care of. 
which now I wanted to include this in my games, but it didn't fit enough. But it reminded me of Tarzan because of how they leave someone at the church. But that was the only thing I could think of at the beginning, and I was like, there's no other connection Tarzan. to Tarzan's. Or, I mean, Hunchback. no, Hunchback. I'm close, oh, close Hunchback. enough. Hunchback. It's one of those terrible yeah, movies I was gonna that say, I hate. Tarzan <laughs> was in the jungle. Is there a nunnery in the jungle? They don't do Are you thinking yes. of the, the ape family as a nunnery? They don't do this anymore because they have safe drop-offs at police station and hospital. Yes, they now have the uh, they now have that slot like you would put mail in for babies. <laughs> Well, it's more like a library drop-off. Right. Uh, leave a baby, take a baby. <laughs> I'm so sorry, uh, people with babies that they've left in. Right. Places. All right. So I forgot something that we skipped past because the start of this movie is not Daisy being left at the church. The start of this movie is a voiceover oh, describing oh. a meteor it's, crashing it's into the, the earth. It's the weird Atari dinosaur screen. Yes, it is an 8-bit render of dinosaurs describing what happened when the meteor hit that made dinosaurs go extinct. Apparently, a meteor hit Manhattan where there were dinosaurs. There weren't. Um... And it forced those dinosaurs into an alternate dimension where they have existed in parallel with the real Earth. So now in this parallel dimension, dinosaurs have human-like bodies. <laughs> Sorry. What? They look like human beings. <laughs> no, no, it's Mark's cat. Oh, Mark's cat. Oh, uh, you can and, hear that, huh? Oh, so loud. <laughs> Uh, the only way to get the two universes to merge again is by reassembling the meteorite, uh, which is completely intact except for a single shard, which is given to Daisy as a baby and left at the nunnery with her. So we have Daisy in the real world with that meteorite shard. And an alternate universe of evolved dinosaurs. You're saying the alternate universe is not real? Well, real <laughs> world in our sense of it, Mark. I'm trying to put it into layman's terms for our audience because this plot is nonsense. It, it tries too hard in one sense to be like, ooh, science, dinosaurs, and then being like, magical, like, evolution gun and jumpy boots. And I'm like... Uh... Yeah, also, like, pseudo-scientific in that, well, if two very large masses collide, alternate universe? That's how I mean, science works, right? Maybe. The energy no. splits them apart? N no. <laughs> no! I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt! So, Daisy becomes a paleontologist because she's never felt comfortable in our world, but she is comfortable with learning about dinosaurs. Gosh, where do we go from here? I guess, <laughs> yeah, Luigi meets Daisy. They hit it off. Mario arranges a date for them because Luigi is terrible with women. And some goons from the other dimension, I've been looking for Daisy. Uh, they capture Rose, Rosalinda? No. Um, Daniela, Mario's girlfriend. And then they capture Daisy. And then the Mario Iggy Brothers go into the world Spike. to save her. Spike and, yeah. Spike and Iggy. Which yeah. are characters. Yes, they are Bowser cousins, I think. Or, like, Bowser children. 
They're in the movie. They are cousins. I don't know what they are in the video game. They're universe. they're mini bosses in the games. Right now, interesting in this that the this entire movie there's not a single mention of Bowser. It's always King Koopa. Well, King Bowser apparently is Daisy's father. If you look what? at if you look at the IMDb stuff. King wow. King Bowser is the actual king that got turned into mushrooms. Right. So wait, th- that was Lanza Hendrickson. <laughs> Who? Don't wait. Okay. We don't need to drag more better people into this. <laughs> There's a lot of big name actors in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so we've given enough context. The Mario Brothers are an alternate dimension. That's basically the film, is them going through this alternate dimension, saving the girl. Oh, also the Mario Brothers Super Show was 89. Right. So now, I wanted to talk about, like, the adaptations of video game Mario to this movie Mario. Because, like, Mario has always been known for specific things, like power-ups that will help them solve the problem. The Mario Brothers have maybe two power-ups in this, and they're not even, like, the popular ones of the mushroom that makes you grow or the superstar. It's the bomb, which in this is, like, a tiny little thing that winds up and, like... It is... It's wearing Reeboks. Yes, that's right. Reeboks Reeboks sponsored this film for sure. very cute. Yes, because the um, I think the the bouncy boots they get are also Reeboks. But the Babam is very cute. And then later in the film, Mario has like a a mushroom that grows to save him. Uh, but like that's it for the most part. The Mario's are solving problems using their plumber tools to solve the day, which is the most plumbing they have ever done in their entire career. That's true. For all the jobs that Mario has had, I've never made him plumb in a video game. <laughs> like, I have, I've made him give out medicine, but, like, I've never made him solve a water I've, problem. I've made him... Oh, I take it back. Super Mario Sunshine yeah, that wasn't really had plumbing. a lot of water problems. That was more street cleaning. Also, yeah. in that, the, um, the water thing was sentient. Mario did not fix it. Uh, I learned of... I'm really hoping this person just came in to fix the script and wasn't one of the main script writers. Because one of the people listed as a writer is Ed Solomon. Would you like to know what else he was a writer on? Ed Solomon. <laughs> Bill, both Bill and Ted movies. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and Men in Black. All right. Now, I want to say first Bill and Ted, pretty good. Second Bill and Ted, pretty awful. But... The first Man in Black movie's good. Yeah, it is. But also, that that would have been much later in his career. Maybe he had more budget and, like, a stronger idea. He was also a writer on Laverne and Shirley. All right. What's the TV show? TV shows have lots of writers. Oh. Hey, Bill and Ted was a good movie. It was. (laughs) So, other adaptations uh, in this film I can think of were, like, Goombas... We're adaptive for this, and it is so weird. They're terrifying. They're so weird looking. Because this writer looked at all of the enemies in Super Mario and decided, well, we need consistency for no reason. 
So they all have to be dinosaurs? Yeah, the Goombas in the movie were... So in the game, they're like tiny little mushroom people or something. Mushrooms with legs. Maro defeats them by jumping on them. Yes. In the movie, they're like human-sized things with tiny little dinosaur heads for some reason. Yeah. Also, the only parallel I can see between them is like... They're wearing, they're enormous, and they're wearing big brown coats. Uh, I think that's the only parallel between, like, the design of Goombas in the video game and the design of Goombas in this movie. I suppose the dancing of moving back and forth was kind of a Goomba move. But he never bounces on their heads. Oh, no, of course not. Also, the reason they're so big in this is it's clearly, like, a human being... And then they put a coat over top of their head and then have an animatronic head on top of the human head. So the entire effect is you have just this enormous thing. They're Dinosaur David Burns. This is a music reference. David Burns? (laughs) David Burns is the lead singer. (laughs) David Burns is the lead singer from Talking Heads. He was known for wearing giant coats. All right, music is a blind spot. We all know that. I don't feel bad not getting that now. <laughs> I mean, you should, but I, well, didn't I don't get it either. So, oh, uh, one thing I did think was neat with this adaptation was uh, bullet bills do feature in this. In that, to make the shoes work, you have to put a cartridge inside of them. Those cartridges. It's not given a lot of screen time, but those cartridges look like bullet bills. And I thought, like, oh, that's an interesting adaptation. Why wasn't there more of that in this film? Trying to find a picture of David Byrne. I I, sure. I spent most of it thinking, what does this have to do with the video games? Why is it named after... Because they had the, the main characters, and even the villain are named after characters from the game, but most of the other stuff had nothing to do with the story of the game. I would disagree to some point. Yes, story of the game, absolutely not. But then again, the game doesn't have a story. True. Sarah... Did you have a point you wanted to jump in? No, I was just going to say my favorite part of the, the whole movie. But yeah, go. Yoshi. You have a oh, favorite okay. part? Yes, Yoshi. <laughs> uh, now, again, this is a character, Mario, who's known for being super cute and adorable, turned into a dinosaur monster. <laughs> I think he's pretty cute. He doesn't I look mean, like Yoshi. But I he's... think he's a tiny raptor with a, uh, a forked tongue. Who is a little creepy. But technically, Yoshi in the video games is a dinosaur, so it kind of makes sense. Yes, but he's a dinosaur that is... Has very smooth, puffy skin, as opposed to uh, reptilian, scaled skin. Compared to every other monstrosity in this movie, Yoshi is adorable, and I keep him as a pet. Also, I think I would like Yoshi more if he was the size of a full-size raptor, and they got to ride Yoshi in this film. No, I just want to think about the emotional moment where Mario is trying to get over a gap, and he needs to. Yoshi runs and jumps. And then Mario has to jump off of Yoshi to make the jump, and Yoshi falls to his death to save the world. I'm not killing Yoshi, he's cute. No, instead, what should have happened is he shouldn't have been caught by the weird sentient mushroom goo that was the king. What he should have done is he should have just fallen to his death and then somehow regenerated. And and Bob should have just been like, what happened? Bob? Bob. You mean Mario Mario? (laughs) Mario Mario. 
Bob and I are on a first name basis. Uh, I know he's dead. I know he's dead sure. now, but I feel Absolutely. very close to him after Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Oh, that was such a good movie, though. Have we, have we watched that one yet? We haven't. I <laughs> debated doing that one. Why did we do this Instead, I chose one? this. Why did we do this one instead of that one? If we're talking because about... I wanted to punish my friends. <laughs> so mean. Yep. All right. Let's talk about another adaptation of this film. Uh, what about Toad, that adorable mushroom helper that helps out Peach, who didn't feature in this film? Oh, they turned him into a beatnik yeah. and then shrunk his head. But they let him keep his harmonica. Of course, why not? <laughs> uh, the harmonica is one of the things I remember from this film. Like, I didn't remember it being a harmonica. I did remember the Goomba with the thing on his neck was a good guy. Like, that's one of my childhood memories of this. But yeah, he's just a musician who gets arrested, and then, instead of sending him to jail forever, they just devolve him into a dinosaur and make him a henchman. The great thing about that, though, is that they evolve the original henchmen that are supposed to be smarter afterwards, and yet they're still dumber than everyone else. Yes. (laughs) To me, um, I wanted to use this for games, but I ended up not doing it. There's characters in Sin City who are, uh, they're goons, but, like, they talk with an elevated language, but they also don't say anything, or, like, they're not super bright. They just talk with better vocabulary than other people, which is all that these people are doing. So evolving them doesn't give them more brain power, it just gives them fancier words to express ideas they already had. Like the Tin Man from Wizard of Oz. Yes. Also, I'm glad you brought up the evolution of these guys, because when the first guy gets out, he does a whole fancy vocab spiel. Uh, However, he says the math wrong. He tells, like, one of his questions is, do you know what the square root of 26,481 is? Oh, yeah, it's It's 191. Incorrect. I think it's either a typo in the script or he was rushing through his lines and he said it wrong. He switched a number. Yes, because it should be 36481, not 26481. So, I mean, maybe they left it in because it proves he's also not that bright. Well, again, like Wizard of Oz, because he says that thing about the about square of a hypotenuse or whatever, and it was yes. wrong. True. So. I think he mentions that uh, isosceles triangle should be a right triangle. It doesn't matter. But it does matter, because it proves that they were both wrong. <laughs> wait, wait, why would it be the Tin Man? The Tin Man gets a heart. Isn't it the Scarecrow? Oh, yep, you're correct. Uh, All right. It was one of those things in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the final adaptation that I want to talk about, because I don't know where this character comes from, is in this movie, there's a lady called Bertha. Bertha is a big black woman who oh, wears red leather... Yes, who owns a dance club. And I don't know what she is supposed to be. Is I know Birdo? this. No. I That was my guess was Birdo. What no. is it supposed to be, Sarah? Big Bertha is a fish. Big Bertha is a fish? Yeah. What? Look it up. All right, I'm doing it right now. I guess there are those levels where you're jumping on the trees and the fish jump up at you. I don't know. That's the, or, or I guess the underwater levels, maybe. Yeah, it's just the it's the red fish that jumps up from the bottom and like will go through bridges and kill you occasionally. Hmm. 
Wow. Yeah, I would not have guessed that. Also, for this being based on a children's franchise, Mario has to straight up seduce her to get the necklace back. Yeah. Straight up stick his face in her bust. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, this is Mario trying to receive, or retrieve, rather, the crystal. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about this scene because of the costuming. Because all we know, like, it's clear the screenwriters did almost no research into what the Mario Brothers were. Because for most of the film, Luigi is wearing a, uh, like, a red zip-up hoodie, and Mario is wearing a green windbreaker, uh, and then in this scene, they dress Mario in a yellow tuxedo and Luigi in red again. And it's not till the end of the film that, like, the brothers have their appropriate colors. I thought that was on purpose, though, because they're like, oh, look at these awesome outfits we found. And then they put on their colors and it's like, ooh. Right, they, they suit up. is weirdly um, foretelling decades earlier what was going to be the city scene in uh, the Mario, what is the newest Mario? Odyssey. Game? Mario Odyssey, when Pauline's singing, <laughs> when it's all the big band music in that zoot suit he's wearing. <laughs> but also everyone else, he's in the zoot suit. Everyone else looks like they're in like some sort of fetish club. Yeah, it's very strange, this movie. And, like, the closest thing we get to a power-up in this film is maybe the the moon boots that they put on. It makes them jump better, which maybe, like, I don't know, does the mushroom make you jump higher in the video game? I think it does. I mean, it's a... One mushroom is a life, and the other one is to make you bigger. So. Right, but if you're bigger, do you jump higher? I think so. Okay. Like, that's the closest we get to this, is your power-up in this world is you wear boots, you put in cartridges, and then you can click your heels together, and it'll <laughs> lift you off of the ground, like some sort of ruby slipper. Um, can we talk about something we haven't talked about? Yeah, 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 we are jumping around, uh, like, the middle of this movie is nonsense, so we'll get into the final act, we've handled the first act, Anything goes until Can we then. talk about them straight up murdering Aunt Petunia? Fiona Shaw plays um, Bowser's henchwoman. Oh, Most okay. known for Aunt Petunia in Harry Potter. I mean, she's known she for the, a lot of Is she the one when Luigi says, boy, she makes an impression or yes! whatever? Yes! That's the one. They explode her into a wall, but that's Fiona Shaw. <laughs> okay. To be fair, the Mario Brothers don't. The universe does, the universe because does. apparently Daisy's the only person who can merge the crystal, and she tries and dies for it. But now I'm trying to remember, like, looking back now, thinking of Petun or Fiona Shaw, did I see this movie earlier than I thought? Because I'm not sure I realized that was Fiona Shaw the first time I saw this. And if I saw this after 2001, I really would have known that was Fiona Shaw, because... I saw the first Harry Potter movie seven times in theaters. Seven times. Not on purpose. I probably saw it. I picture that as the Ferris Bueller when he's like nine times. I probably saw it three times in theaters on purpose. And then I just had 
various on other purpose. friends. The other times were accidents. Then I just had various <laughs> other friends being like, we're going to see Harry Potter again. Come we're with us. We're going to see Harry Potter. And then the last time I fell asleep because it was very warm in there and I woke up some weird place. And I'm like, no, I know where I am because I've seen this too many times. All right. So, Mark, you had asked about what does this have to do with the video game? The closest I got to that and what it tries to do, how it tries to yeah, serve any connection to the video game is in the different terrains that they travel to. Like yeah. you have the city terrain and like they steal a cop car and the vehicles in this alternate universe are their glorified go-karts. Uh, and so you kind of get a race scene, you kind of but get a desert level. But this was before any of the Mario Karts came out. Was it? I think so. There were there was an early Mario Kart that wasn't super I fun don't... to play. Like, not <laughs> Mario Kart 64, but like I'm talking the one where you can see the track the whole time. Hmm. Anywho. But you kind of get a desert level when they leave the city. You kind of get an ice level when they're traveling down the uh, the the sled on the King bed. Koopa said at one point, "Oh, I'm the ruler of all of this," and had like a globe or something that shows all desert in one city. So yeah, there oh, there boy. was that part. But to me, that that globe was iconic to me in that it. It was a clear indication of the creativity of the writing team where the globe is the size of Earth and there's literally the city that they're in and then nothing else. <laughs> so, like, they're given the chance to design an entire planet and they focus on one point and then don't create past that. I still don't, like, I guess the story... The story doesn't follow the video game at all, other than character names and possibly the areas that they... And the, I, they do... They get to the dinosaur world, dimension, whatever, through some random portal in the sewers, which means they had to go through pipes to get there, so that kind of parallels the the game, but... In the very beginning of the movie, when the lady drops off Daisy at the nunnery... Uh, she has to go back to the sewers, and, like, going down the manhole is very much Mario descending the pipe. That's kind of the closest they get there. So, like, they they tried, kind of, tried. and they failed horribly. <laughs> yeah. All right, do we want to talk about, is it Dennis Hopper in this film? Yes. Yeah, King Koopa himself. This is an interesting take on Koopa, because... He is a germaphobe in this film and hates, like, hates getting any sort of germs or disease on him in any sort of way. I think because the king that he deposed has turned into fungus and he can't stand being around the fungus anymore. But yeah, that's super not represented in any of the games. Well, neither is the king turning into fungus represented in any of the games. Like, Toad is a mushroom person, and you collect mushrooms to gain lives or to Does become Daisy bigger. Daisy or Peach have a father? I don't think so. But then again, it's always Princess Peach. So, probably? I guess I, guess I never realized Toad in the games. 
Toad in the games is not anything important, is he? He's just a little mushroom person. No, he's just a little helper guy. No, because there's there's the old man Toadstool, who's her, her advisor, the guy with the mustache. That's the 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 royal advisor. Toadstool is just kind of her like he's like a lady in waiting, but a mushroom <laughs> boy. I was gonna say he's more like a footman. Okay, like maybe he's Toadette, there to serve the royal. Maybe Toadette is the lady in waiting. Yes. Not to be confused with Bowsette or one we're of not, those things. We're, we're not talking <laughs> we're not about Bowsette. We don't want to end up on a weird part of the internet. We are not getting to Sexy Bowser. That's a different <laughs> podcast. Uh, though That's our second podcast, Sexy Bowser. Oh, okay. Boy. A podcast within a podcast where we talk about sexy dinosaurs. Uh, so the scene I wanted to get to was... There's a part of this film, which is happens later, but not towards the very, very end, uh, where this whole movie, Luigi has been trying to convince Mario to trust his feelings. Like, anything's possible. And Mario is a pragmatic plumber, trusts what he can see, trusts what he can fix, doesn't believe in anything supernatural. And there's a scene where they are going through the vents or whatever, and they end up in this giant elevator shaft... And Luigi senses that he should jump into the elevator shaft, and that'll be fine. And so Mario tries to stop him. Luigi goes and jumps, and Mario closes his eyes. And when Mario opens his eyes, Luigi is flying in the elevator shaft. And Luigi convinces Mario, it's totally fine. You should jump. We find out this is a prank. This is a prank of Luigi trying to kill his brother. Because Luigi is on a hook in midair, not floating at all. But still convincing his brother he should jump into the elevator shaft, not knowing if he's going to be safe or not. Which bothered me as an adult. Because Luigi's played a little joke, but he's played a little joke that would kill Mario for sure. This is once they're already in the other, the Mushroom Kingdom, right? Correct. Yeah. Well, his parents are already dead, so he wants to be the only one. Oh, right. I forgot, to, I forgot that too, how this film establishes that Luigi was also adopted by Mario's family and doesn't know his own parents. Everyone's dead! And how Mario is also Mario Mario, which is a weird name. Yes. <laughs> I think that's a writing problem because they are known as the Mario Brothers, but also the main character is Mario. So either they're both named Mario and their brothers, or their last name is Mario. Well... <laughs> I think the problem is that I think that did did the term Mario Brothers come before Luigi got a name? Hmm, maybe. Did Luigi not have a name in the first game? I don't think he's in the first game. Or like, if he is, he's the he's the second player because the first player could play a level and the second player could go. Originally, M Luigi was just a color swap. He wasn't tall. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I can't answer that. Uh, let's see. Do we want to talk about the dancing Goomba scene? And no. how that made no sense whatsoever? <laughs> I, again, I have no idea what it has to do with the video game. Oh, nothing. It also didn't accomplish anything. Because Mario and Luigi are trying to go up in an elevator to get to the top of Bowser Tower. And every so often the elevator stops and more Goombas get in. And so they're hiding behind Goombas. And then Luigi just starts to make them dance. 
And then nothing is accomplished and the Mario brothers are able to escape for reasons. Like it comes up at the very end where Koopa is trying to command the Goombas and the Goombas decide they just want to dance. Just dance. Just dance. Oh boy. I just, hmm. I'm so tired for talking about this movie. I know, this film is bad. I'm trying to see if there's any. Um, I, look, I looked up the director team. It's a husband and wife. Uh, what they're originally known for is working on Max Headroom, which suddenly explains everything. <laughs> I could definitely see Max Headroom making like a cameo in this film. Like, he fit perfectly. Powers. Like they are known for doing this Different. weird <laughs> electronic 1980s robot concept thing with Matt Fewer, and somehow you let them direct a, like a fun, colorful children's like video which, game. Movie? Which was not fun or colorful like, in any way. <laughs> what did you expect was going to so the the other notes I had were for um I don't know if it's Iggy or Spike. It's one of the the henchmen who looks like and I never thought I'd say this. He looks like a knockoff Rob Schneider. <laughs> um I know so oh what I know who you're talking about because I know him from something else and now I can't remember what it was but I think you're talking about Fisher Stevens. Because he is in another movie, and I remember when I watched this, I said, oh, I know that guy from somewhere, and then it took me a while to figure it out. And 100% Fisher Stevens. Yes. This has nothing to do with this <gasps> conversation. Mark. Wow, Carl's face. Uh <laughs> Fisher Stevens is the guy who did brown face in Short Circuit. Yes, that's the one. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's why I recognized him. I was like, hey, I know that guy. And then I realized it was from Short Circuit. And he's in some other stuff, too. I mean, he's in a lot of stuff. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I just saw him yesterday. He's in Scott Pilgrim for, like, two seconds. So, I yeah, I remember recognizing him and thinking, I know that guy's face. Actually, so, he is from Short Circuit. Uh, I think where, I, where a lot of people might recognize him from, he was also in Lost... If people oh, yeah. were big fans of that show, he was in that for a couple of seasons, I think. And I actually didn't realize that it was the same guy in Lost that it was from Short Circuit until a while later. Because I saw him in Lost and kind of liked him in that and didn't realize that it was all brown face in the others <laughs> in Short Circuit until later on. Because I was like, man, he looks familiar. He was an early edition, which was a show I watched yes. too much of. That was such a good show. <laughs> it was. It had uh, the guy from Friday Night Lights in it. Uh, oh, so Iggy was one of the Bowser children who are no longer canically Bowser children. He was named after Iggy canically. Pop. Canically. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> canically. Canically. Um, and Spike was just th those weird pudgy bad guys. that like Yeah. They're like, so, I look like a fat toad. I'm confused why they made the Goombas look like lizards when they weren't mm -hmm. in the game. Right. And then they made Spike and Izzy not look like dinosaurs, even though they looked like dinosaurs in the game. Oh, yeah. So simple, why? Simple reason. Uh, Iggy and Spike had lines. The Goombas don't have to talk in this film. 
and therefore they don't have to do good um but they did makeup. i mean yoshi talked kind of what did yoshi say one of them talked the one that daisy the one that saves daisy at the end wasn't that yoshi no that yoshi. was toad that was somebody else toad yoshi is the dinosaur so i will admit now sarah mm. sent us a video link to something oh, okay. with extended edition. Oh, after, you're right. After I had already found the original version that was non-extended, and I right. could not bring myself to watch it a second time with the extended scenes. I have not so, seen the extended version. So I remember watching this once, maybe three weeks ago, but and I don't remember. The extended edition <laughs> as just much as came out. Okay, so like within is, the last couple months. I followed the link you posted and tried to find it, but, like, the link was no longer active. Yeah. I, I, I didn't watch the extended thing. I just sent it to you because a friend posted on, on Facebook saying, right. Hey, they found extra material from Mario Brothers. And I just thought it was really funny that that got... That, well, that makes me feel better because at least that means that maybe none of us watched the extended no. stuff from that link then. Having but. seen the original version, I'm surprised that anything was on the cutting room floor <laughs> yeah. based on what they left in the film. I just thought it was really funny that a friend posted about them have finding and adding extra material at the same time we were watching it. Because I'm like, who else in the year of our Lord 2021 <laughs> is talking about Super Mario Brothers? Movie? Uh, so I didn't use this in my games. Maybe I could have, but it kind of reminds me of... It, I guess this has nothing to do with the current conversation. I'm just thinking of the Goombas and the way that they dance by rocking back and forth. Kind of reminds me of the fifth element. And there okay. were those like robot aliens at one point that because of whatever body shape they were, they kind of walked by shuffling back and forth like that. Uh. And it kind of reminded me of that movie, but I didn't use it in my games at all. But there was kind of that and just the weird the weird way that the different alien races interacted with each other. It was kind of that same kind of sci-fi weird feeling to it, but yeah, I could definitely see that. One of the notes I had on this film was the uh, the power boots that feature in this film that we talked about, where you got to put the bill of bullet bill cartridges and you get to bounce high with them. Um, these were the same prop that was used in the movie Face Off, where in Face Off there's a prison where all the prisoners have to wear magnetic shoes. And the magnetic shoes are the exact same prop as these shoes in this film. <laughs> and I know that in the movie Face Off, because so many extras had to wear this, they were super uncomfortable. And like a lot of extras had ankle problems or like sprains because these terrible boots had to be worn by them. Though I don't know if that translated to either person wearing them in this film, but I do know like these shoes are hazardous and should not be worn. Uh, Wasn't this movie before Face Off, though? Uh, I don't know if it was before or after. Whether Face Off used these shoes from this or they took it from Face Off. I just know it's the same prop. Uh, so I'm looking at the full cast list here. I have, I have a couple things I want to know if you guys noticed. Do you know who was the narrator at the beginning? I do because I looked it up on IMDb and I did I not don't. recognize the voice. I'm, I'm kind of surprised, too, because... This is a very recognizable voice. You even would think for so. me. Um, 
It is Dan Castellaneta. Oh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Also, Yoshi and the Goombas have a very, um, I wouldn't say as recognizable because he does a lot of different weird noises, voices, but he is someone who we have had in movies we've watched before, which is Frank Welker, man oh, who does sure. the voices of every animal noise in the world <laughs> and is now currently the voice of Scooby-Doo. Yep, that checks out. Um, and he's wow. also the original um, voice of Fred. So... <laughs> um, also, for Carl, who didn't know who Lance Hendrickson was, he's Correct. Bishop from Alien. Oh, uh, wait, who was he in this movie? He's the king! So he's in about five seconds at the uh, That's why end. I didn't realize he was <laughs> but in I'm this just movie. Like, Aliens they... is such a good movie, though. But I should have like, recognized his face. How did they talk Lance Hendrickson in for this basically a cameo at the very end? So, and, and Face Off came out in 97, which was like five years after the Super Mario Brothers movie. Did, did you know they're supposed to be making a sequel to Face Off? Ugh. <laughs> but, wait. Is Nick Cage going to be in it? Yeah, didn't he die in the first one? They're supposed to be bringing both of them back. It's supposed to be a direct sequel. I don't know. Bring them <laughs> back to life. Switch his face again. I don't know. Sure. Bring I can see it. Ju bring just his face back to life? <laughs> face back. Um... Or, uh, what is it, Back Off? off? Face. Oh, Back Off would be good. Backdraft? That was already a movie. I'm no, scared. Back off. Oh, I was like, because <laughs> I'm very scared of uh, Backdraft, and I've never actually seen the movie. I just went to the um, Universal Studios. Mm, like a stunt spectacular? It's not my sister. It well. might be President Trump again. I don't oh. know why he keeps calling. Speaking I of, did anyone else, like, notice, like, Cooper was kind of Trump. Like, if Trump was in charge for life, I mean, yeah. I think, well, if he had taken like I was over getting, the government, I was getting Trump vibes from. Well, he did a monarchy was, instead of a president. So this was late, the late eighties into early nineties. There was some some Trump popularity of like do, either him showing up as cameos or things. Or like basing stuff and then and then he went away for a while and then he got his TV show and he came back and then he went away for a little bit and then obviously he came back again and well, so there is like in, when what year was it he was in uh, Home Alone two right um and there was a Lost couple there was yeah. a couple other things he showed up in now Dennis Hopper who Hopper who yes. was in this movie was also in speed and many other things but i don't <laughs> yes remember. many other that things. speed is the thing i recognized him from i don't rem i don't i know he's been in other movies but i can't remember what they were many but things. speed was the main one yeah i think like his big big role was probably speed like that's what not he's most cool for. hand luke the bus no. that couldn't Why, slow down sarah i would tell you most people our age might know cool hand luke by a reference they have not seen it Okay. I have seen it, but it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, I've also seen it once. I saw it once because I'm into film and it's a well-known film. I don't remember Dennis Hopper being in it. How about Easy Rider? Nope. All right, that's another film I've heard of, but I haven't watched. Okay. Sarah is right. apparently big into westerns. Easy <laughs> Rider is not a western. <laughs> but getting back to this. It's film. a motorcycle movie. Super Mario Brothers. Terrible live-action adaptation. So... One of the questions I had, which maybe we can spitball an answer to, uh, clearly the writers didn't think of it. 
when Bowser is devolved, not dead, but turned into slime, right? Uh, the Mario Brothers won the day, the crowd goes wild, and the king returns to normal, apropos of nothing. So why does the king become human at the end of this? Plot convenience? I mean, that that is the correct answer, and it is definitely, like, why it happened. Is there any, like, story-driven reason, story-driven bullshit we can come up with? I thought there was a reason, but again, it's been, like, three weeks since I watched it, and I did not want to watch it again, so... I don't blame you. So I don't remember. The only thing I come, could come up with is... He was able to do that the whole time, and he was just waiting for a convenient well, moment. I thought it had something to do, like, Koopa, once Koopa took over, somehow he, whatever he did, turned the previous king into the mushrooms. Oh. And so overthrowing him was able to turn the king back into the actual king, but I don't know why. I took it that uh, when Bowser, not Bowser, King Koopa took over... He, like, led an army into the kingdom, forced the king into that de-evolution thing, and then de-evolved him far enough that he became a single-celled organism. But apparently, like, the king held on to some of his sentience because he was able to, one, spread throughout the entire kingdom and make it full of fungus. And then help Mario and Luigi defeat the guy. And, like, Mario and Luigi almost get killed a bunch in this movie. And that fungus saves them a lot. Uh, Wikipedia helps me none. Okay. It just says, Daisy's father is restored as king after Koopa's defeat. So then my other question was, I didn't realize this until after I watched it and looked up stuff about the movie. In the video game, Bowser is the bad guy, right? So why is King Bowser the actual king of the Mushroom Kingdom who helps them save the day in the end? Do they say they're in the Mushroom Kingdom? So I think Cooper's, Cooper, Koopa <laughs> says it in passing one time. He says it because he comes to taunt the king and brag about how the king has taken, he's spread throughout the entire city, Koopa's gonna be leaving, and so it's not gonna be an issue anymore, so the king can keep his mushroom kingdom. See, that- I don't want to get weird, like, overthinking again, because it does- One, Daisy isn't the princess of the mushroom kingdom. Nope. Two, there's no dinosaur creatures in the mushroom kingdom. I mean, Yoshi, but- But Yoshi's not from the mushroom kingdom! Yoshi's from Yoshi Village, which is outside. Yoshi Island. Yoshi sure. Island, which is outside of, it's like a satellite. Like, there's more to the world of Mario than just the Mushroom Kingdom, because there's obviously where Bowser's from, which is where all the dinosaurs are. There's the Mushroom Kingdom, but there's wherever Daisy's actually from. But according to this movie, all the dinosaurs are from Cut Mushroom Kingdom. No. Because the they, the dinosaurs evolved, or I mean, I guess the humans in Mushroom Kingdom evolved from dinosaurs. It's so dumb. And Mushroom had, Kingdom is a separate dimension it's, from it's, our Earth. It's so dumb. They had all this lore. They had this whole world, and they just smushed it into basically dirty Brooklyn, but with dinosaurs. It reminds me of like Tim Burton Gotham City. Where, oh, okay. where it's like a city, but it's all suddenly not steampunk, but 
like industrial city that's all in the fog and dirty and well, run down. So like original Batman movie where the whole city is just That's why I was comparing it to things like Blade Runner and yeah. Element and stuff because there was that thing in the late eighties, early nineties where Instead of, like, mid-2000s, everything was very, like, false utopia, and it was all, like, these very shiny, robotic, futuristic things. Late 80s, early 90s, it was always very dirty futuristic. Mm -hmm. Everything was, like, like dirty steam and soot, and it was all, like, degraded technology and stuff like that. And that's what this feels like. They were, oh, well, that's the futuristic everyone's into right now. Let's just add Mario and dinosaurs. Well, no. <laughs> Yeah, this is, it took so many wrong turns in making this film. And, like, I would love to see this film remade, by which I mean I want to see a good Mario film. Uh, because apparently when this film came out, it bombed. Oh, yeah. Of course it did. Yeah. Uh, but it also halted uh, production on a Zelda movie and on a Metroid movie, which is... Good, yes. because those things I would hate to see ruined. Like, Mario is so ubiquitous and, like, been put into so many situations. Like, okay, we get a bad Mario film, not the end of the world. Zelda is so close to my heart. I would be furious if there was a terrible I, Zelda movie. Well, and I this think... this was late 80s, and then you get into the 2000s, and they kind of had another resurgence of video game movies. And none of those did very well. I mean, some they did better than the Mario movie did, but they I wouldn't really say they did well, necessarily. No. I think Mario's more survivable than something like Zelda or Metroid is. It's like Sonic. Like, it's got, one, a lot more styles of games. It's got a lot more adaptations, a lot more things like that. And it's also more cartoony and fun and things like that. You give it a bad game, it bounces back. I don't know if Metroid and Zelda, especially Zelda with how more high fantasy it is, if it's survivable, a bad big screen adaptation. It'd be interesting to see like a Zelda Lord of the Rings type movie. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, I do. I mean, it is very much set in that... Um, it's a high fantasy. Medieval yeah. high fantasy. Yeah. I'll send you guys something. I did see a short film that an animator put together that is just like Skull Kid out in the woods finding Majora's Mask and getting taken over by it, which is very good and intriguing. And if there was a movie based on that, I'd watch the hell out of it. But there's something about if you're the mascot character sort of thing, like Mario or, or Sonic or... Um, Oh, Crash Bandicoot or something like that. There's something very, you can do some weird, questionable things and you can kind of survive them better. Whereas those secondary, even if they're super popular franchises, there's just, you couldn't survive a movie like this as much. You can't balance And yet back Sonic easily. movie came out a year ago. So. <laughs> hey, people said it was much better than they were expecting. And it, it took a while to get there. Yeah. Sonic, Sonic has a weird standard, which is just, you know what? If it's terrible and I enjoyed it, it's great. It gets the 10. The Sonic didn't have human teeth. It's a fantastic <laughs> movie. It deserves an Oscar. The Sonic didn't have weird calves. If Five. This, great. This, Loved it. If the Sonic game doesn't glitch me through the universe, 10 out of 10. I love it. <laughs> All right. So bringing us back to this movie. <laughs> Bowser's plan, as I understand it. <laughs> 
Bowser, of course, mean King Koopa and not Daisy's father. <laughs> King Koopa has a plan, as I understand it, which is he wants to merge the universes so that he can come to Earth and take it over. Don't know. I don't know what the plan was beyond that. I think it, I feel like he was upset that humans think so highly of themselves where their universe is basically humans but they evolved from dinosaurs instead of apes or something so he thought that he, he needed to take over earth because the ape evolved humans were not as good as dinosaur evolved humans right the thing about this is say his plan succeeded from what I've seen of the realm that Koopa lives in, they don't have guns. Like, they could try to take over the world. I think they would be stopped immediately by one rifle. Wasn't his point, though, to de-evolve he- all the humans? Wasn't that what the yes. guns were for? Yeah, so I say just like a very angry monkey that's going to rip your face off. <laughs> So it will become King Kong versus Godzilla, basically. Bowser, oh, oh Bowser. Koopa oh, yes! may have an army with, <laughs> may have an army with devolution guns. However, that doesn't kill, and he's, his people are not immune to bullets. So, like, yes, a couple of people will be turned to monkeys, but all of Koopa's people will die. And again, monkeys are not powerless. Monkeys can be very dangerous, and again, rip your faces off. And the sequel's just gonna be Donkey Kong versus Yoshi, and it's gonna get vicious. See, I would love this to be the origin story of Donkey or Kong. Or what was that other one? Rampage. Rampage! <laughs> Rampage no, but no one great. wanted that movie either. <laughs> they, yeah, they made it, though. Had The Rock. <laughs> though, I mean, I'll still watch The Rock. The one person we do see de-evolved is this guy from the beginning who is a rival of the Mario Bros plumbing, I guess, called Scapaldi, Yeah, who is also a real estate mogul. I don't know where he... That's what... The first... The beginning, like, half hour of the movie, this guy is, like, the big villain, and then he gets de-evolved, and it's like, okay. This is 93, but 93 is basically the 1980s. We... So he's basically just 1980s generic bad guy businessman. Though, Mark, you said... He gets de-evolved, and then nothing happens. No, but he everyone gets laughed at him. And everybody around him cheers and laughs at this yeah. horrible misfortune <laughs> that a human being is now a monkey. Even the cops! Even yeah. the cops! Though I do like how this guy's bodyguard, still human being, looks down at the monkey in a suit just like, Boss? Boss? I guess... You still there, boss? When I say nothing happens, I guess what I mean is they make him out to be the big bad guy for the first for the beginning of the movie, and then it turns out he was not the bad guy; it was some other guy. So, so I think we've gotten by measures to the the end of this film. I have one more question for you, but to establish for our audience where we are: Mario fights Bowser, Koopa, Koopa. not Bowser. God, uh, fights Koopa. Koopa gets bombed. Uh, everyone in the Mushroom Kingdom seems to know what a bob bomb is, but, like, the explosion that comes from it, it's not a nuclear bomb. It's, like, a grenade. Um, but it doesn't kill him. Anyway, Mario Brothers team up. They de-evolve Koopa down into a slime. King comes back. Daisy takes the crystal out of the meteorite. Worlds stop merging. I'm mixing around, but we're getting there. 
Uh, and so Maru Brothers, with the day save, decide to return home. But Daisy decides to remain there in this alternate universe so that she can learn about who she is and reconnect with her dad. And Luigi's really sad about this because they had a thing going. And, like, they just went through a, a big adventure. But now they got to go home. And so the end of the movie is this final scene where Luigi's moping around the apartment and Mario and Daniela are back and making dinner. And who should knock on the door but Daisy? And film ends with a giant cliffhanger of Daisy saying, you're not going to believe what happened. And Mario saying, I believe you. Anything's possible. Let's go. So what do you, what do you guys think? happened in the Mushroom Kingdom for Daisy to come and get these guys again. Giant squid. Giant squid. <laughs> oh, is this a, um, I'm not going to pull the reference. Uh, what's the shooting squid paint game? Oh, what? Well, I don't know what the game is, but there is the squid that, that happens in the Mario games. They're called bloopers. But in, like, Mario Sunshine, you have the giant squid that you have to pull the legs off of. Mm. Splatoon! Splatoon, no. But I was thinking of Mario Sunshine when you're in the one um, dock area. You have to pull the legs off because it's... Well, and in, like, Mario Kart, the squid comes by and inks you so you can't yes. see anything. But but this blooper is much bigger and it has, like, a weird mouth and it goes... Well, and she also has turned into, like... Sarah Connor of the Nintendo world. She's very all much so. carrying around machine guns and and it is very much a come with me if you want to live moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, so that what I wrote in my brain was neither Daisy nor Bowser, her dad, knows how to rule a kingdom. And with the demise of Koopa, everyone in the streets cheered, but they probably cheered because they don't want to be ruled by a monarch anymore. King for quite a while before he got turned into a, a fungus blob. Sure. But but we don't know how much being a fungus blob for like 20 <laughs> years affects your brain. Mm -hmm. Right. I want to say like the proletariat of this mushroom kingdom, they just got rid of a tyrant and everyone's super jazz for a change in government and reinstating a king? Maybe they're not for that. Maybe Daisy's coming getting the mush the mushrooms, the Mario Brothers, uh, so that she can help protect the monarchy. Maybe the Mushroom Kingdom actually looked like the Mushroom Kingdom before oh, Koopa okay. took over, and then it started looking like disgusting Brooklyn. Sorry to anyone who lives in Brooklyn. I've never actually been to New York. It was Dino Hatton, wasn't Dino it? Hatton. <laughs> Dino Hatton. I don't know the difference the differences between the boroughs. I'm sorry, New York people. I've never been. But, ooh, I've got it. The rabbits. Mm -hmm. The rabbits have showed up. The rabbits are there. This is before the rabbits existed as a game, and especially before the Mario vs. Rabbids games existed, but this is just... They could tell the future. I love that. I would love a, I would love a movie based on turn-based fighting. I was just, you know, it would be awesome if it was like Sonic or someone <gasps> from a different platform system had shown up and was trying to take over, and they were you're, trying. You're not gonna believe it. This tiny blue hedgehog runs super fast, has been destroying the town. <laughs> I just think it'd be well, great if they were trying to fight off someone all from of my a rings. rival it platform system. It does kind system. of look like. Is it the second level in the first one where it's just the corrosive, gross machinery level? Hmm. 
Or is that possibly because the then level? they then they could make a whole movie and Nintendo would sponsor it and be like, "This is why our competitors are so evil." <laughs> At that point, yes, Sega still would have existed. Yeah, um, Sega does with Nintendo. I mean, Sega basically is a Nintendo thing now. Yeah. Basically, these directors just wanted a Philip K. Dick adaptation, and were very disappointed they didn't get it, so they did it anyway. <laughs> right? Yeah, kinda. They were like, we got passed up for Total Recall, we got passed up for Blade Runner, we're just making our own! I don't care what franchise we actually got, we're just doing our own thing! Yeah, we're gonna make the movie we wanna make. What's the movie called? Mario Brothers? Great. Uh, we'll make it work. Anyway, uh, I think that covers all of my notes, so let's go on to games. Our first game is the pitch game, a game in which we take two or more properties in the form is this meets this to describe this film. So, Mark, you're going to start us off with your first one here, uh, telling our audience what the Super Mario Bros. movie is in terms of other things. I didn't know I was first. <laughs> I said I would prompt you. I figured Carl would be first, but that's okay. I'm paying attention this time. Okay. Well, I did not organize these very well. I just wrote them down in the order that they popped into my head. So we'll see if this makes any sense. Gremlins, Mac and me. Because it is a movie where a nervous guy as uh, awkwardly asking a girl if she eats food, meeting a movie loosely based on a video game franchise, but disliked by most audiences. Ooh, <laughs> um... Okay. Assassin's Creed. Uh, is it Sonic the movie? No. Resident Sonic Evil. Sonic the movie. I don't know if it's one that we have mentioned yet today. Maybe not. Not Resident um, Evil? No. I have an idea what it might be, but I it's Postal. one that I did use, so I don't want to guess it. Uh-oh. Let's see. I'm trying to figure out what the first one is. I, 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 can, I can hear the person saying, do you eat food? Yep. Uh, <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite. Now, that question does come up in Down to Earth, that Chris Rock movie where he comes back in the body of a rich, white, fat man. <laughs> Which is a remake of, a, like, a 1950s movie. Yeah. I'm trying to think of other video game movies. I said Assassin's Creed, I said Resident Evil, I mean, Evil, said Sonic. I don't think it's right, but Back to the Future is coming to my mind. No. Um, Give Rampage? us a hint. Is it Rampage? Um, the first one about asking a girl if she likes food has nothing to do with video games. Right, correct. It is a holiday-based movie. Oh, is Elf. it Elf? It is Elf. <laughs> the second one just had a recent remake, but the one I am referencing is not the remake, but it is right. the original. Let me, let me ask you a question. Is there a really catchy theme song about uh, that came from the film uh um, my way off base i don't know because i've never actually watched the film <laughs> silent hill 
it is about a game that used to be very oh. popular in arcades in the 90s. Right. Is it a fighting game? Yes. Oh! Is it... Wait. All right, we're going to go in order. Hopefully I get it before. Is it, is it Street Fighter? Yes, Sarah was correct. Oh, uh, Mortal Kombat? <laughs> yeah, that's the one that just got a movie. I'm aware... Uh, but yes, Mark, that was what I was referencing with the, uh, the, the theme song. Oh, the... Mortal Kombat! I do remember there being a song about, it was a, uh, dubstep song the for Silent the reptile Hill theme song character. is very catchy. Yeah, but I, don't, I like the song. I never actually watched the movie, so I remember Trust nothing about light. the music. The, like, mandolin okay. and the Silent Hill theme. Very Johnny catchy. Cage. Um, the Resident Sonya. Evil TV show is coming out, Jax. like, this There's month. There's a TV show? Yeah, it's on Netflix. I'd watch that. It's mm. supposed to be much closer to the actual Resident Evil than the movies were. Interesting. Because the movies didn't have anything to do with an evil e- Resident Yeah, that's true. I mean, they were about the corporation, but... Anyway, so that one was Elf Meets Mortal Kombat... We went well, through, like, every video game movie. Well, we didn't go through some of the Uwe Boll ones. I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad Carl's we got through good. that, uh, because here's my first one. Since this is a movie where a female paleontologist dressed in the conventional garb of cargo shorts, a white shirt, and a vest, <laughs> discovers a hidden world of dinosaurs that never went extinct. Meets. A movie based on a popular video game where two men must travel through a portal to another realm to save their female friend who has been captured, having to fight a reptilian humanoid along the way. Is it Jurassic Park 2 meets Mortal Kombat? Ooh, no. Is it Jurassic Park 1 meets Mortal Kombat? no. (laughs) I was thinking Lara Croft. Ooh, I, hmm... Is she? She's not a paleontologist, and I think the outfit That's is slightly true. off. But she's a they treasure. She does have a white tank top, though. Correct. So we got the second one. Uh, I would say the first one is a movie we have done for the podcast. Is it Baby? It is Baby oh, Secret no. of the Lost Legend <laughs> meets Mortal Kombat. Oh. <laughs> to be fair, uh, Laura Dern does wear that outfit. True. Yeah. I also think, uh, what's her name in the second one, does also wear that outfit. Probably. It's just like, do you need to establish a person as a paleontologist by looking at them? This is the outfit. I sure don't I sure don't know the actress's name, but I remember the character's um, name is Sarah. Redhead. Redhead. Uh why am I blanking? I can picture her in my head. She's from the kids are are all right. Um Benny and June. So many things. I think she's gonna be in uh Dear Evan Hansen. I'll come back to me. Anyway, um this is a property where two Italian brothers who... Julianne Moore! <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. the one. <laughs> that's the one. Okay, sorry. Um, go ahead. Where two Italian brothers who sometimes bicker go through problems in a borough in New York meet <laughs> a um, a gritty science fictionist movie where a girl is the key to saving the world okay uh is the second one the fifth element the second one is the fifth element is the first one the godfather no oh you're gonna hate the first one once you you Uh, probably i i actually had the godfather in my mind but it didn't seem to match so i didn't want to say right right. but they they are very much italian brothers i think part of it's in new york they tend to bicker sometimes 
Hmm. So, I mean, I didn't think it fit perfectly, but it was kind of there. Yeah. They have a sister, though, don't they? Um, Possibly. Yeah, Maybe. it's Talia Shire, isn't it? You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding! Oh, true. He must have a daughter. She doesn't really come up much in the movies, though. Just no, the but wedding. she does exist! Yes. Wait, would it be, like, The Sopranos, or am I just way off with the Mafia? Way off with the Mafia. No. Okay. Hmm. Italian, but not I don't mafia. know much about Italians in New York. Uh, <laughs> is, it, will... is it Cake Boss? <laughs> no, but weirdly I would say... He doesn't have any brothers. He has sisters. I've not seen the show. I've seen too many mm. episodes of the show. Trust me, you know this. Okay, I know Very, this. very, very popular. Very popular. Hamilton. Two brothers. Um, <laughs> one is tall, one is short. Junior. Italian, not Austrian. Uh, tall, short. Italian, Italian. brothers. <laughs> you give up? Yeah, I got nothing. Mark? I know nothing about Italians in New York if it's not the mafia. <laughs> Everybody loves Raymond! Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Is Barone yeah. an Italian name? Well, I think in the series they're canonically Italian. I guess I wouldn't have known that was in New York either. I looked it up. They're in Long Island. Hmm. All right. I can see that. <laughs> Interesting. I like it. That's a boy. Everybody loves Mario. I told you it was something <laughs> you would know. All right. So and, that was. And Brad Garrett's kind of a Luigi. He's sad. Kinda. He's tall. Yeah. I could see him fighting ghosts. He's he wouldn't be happy than his about brother, it, but, but he'd nobody do it. likes him anyway. Right. I love Brad Garrett. He's Alrighty. my favorite part of the pacifier. <laughs> that was a great movie. <laughs> Why would you need any good parts of the pacifier? Him singing Climb Every Mountain at the end, best part of that movie. Alright. So altogether, yours was Everybody Meets Raymond. Everybody loves meets... Raymond. Everybody meets, meets Raymond. <laughs> yep. Everybody Just the tour of the US. Raymond meets. That's that's Ray Romano's future podcast. <laughs> Meets Fifth Element. There we That's go. the one. All right, Mark, your second one. Oh, I have more. Yep, you're still going. A movie where Bob Hoskins stars in a film involving traveling to alternate realities with many non-human creatures where the hero gets sucked into the situation chasing a woman and the villain wants to take over the world by destroying humans. And... I think I figured that one out. A movie based on a video game franchise that does not follow the video game story at all. <laughs> is Could the first one... Anything. Is the first one Mermaids? Starring Cher. No. Is it Who Framed Roger Rabbit? It is! I know it's Who Framed Rabbit, I just wanted to mention Mermaid starring Cher. Alright, um... So the second was just a video game adaptation of just something to do with video games? Just another movie about video games. Great. Was it any of the ones we've mentioned before? Uh, was I it Blood Rain? I don't think we've mentioned it. It does involve someone who is now a big name actor, but may not have been when the movie came out. Not Blood Rain? No. Not Silent Hill? No. Oh, Silent Hill was a good pull. Uh, so let's break down the, the, the type of game. Are we talking like arcade game? Sci-fi. A sci-fi game? Like a sci-fi first-person shooter? Yes. Okay. Doom! Hooray! Mm, yeah, that's a good that pull. That has two people in it that are very famous. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. 
The Rock was in that, right? Yes. The Rock was in correct. it and Carl Urban. And I don't oh, know yeah. that either of them were very famous. At the, I mean, The Rock would have been big from WWE. Yeah, but time. not like cast and everything. Yeah, Carl yeah, Urban would, would have done Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's but true. I don't know if people would have known him with his real hair. Yeah. So that was Who Framed Roger Rabbit meets Doom. Because those two have a lot in common, apparently. I kind of, of forgot Doom was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Most people have. I actually, after watching the Super Mario Brothers movie, went and watched Doom just to make sure I remembered it correctly enough to use it as a reference. So you would have, ra- you rather would have watched Doom than see this movie twice. Correct. Cool. <laughs> like I All say, right. I don't remember Doom, and yet I mentioned at least three Uwe Boll movies. True. All right, my next one. A movie from the 1990s that stars live-action heroes based on 1980s animated characters and featuring oversized humanoid costumes with animatronic heads on top of a puppeteer. Meets. A movie where a human goes into his home city in an alternate reality that is now dominated by a single megalomaniac ruler who hoards all the resources for himself and leaves his subjects to live in slums. Masters of the Universe. Nope. I just wanted to mention that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Correct. That would be that's the first one with the animatronics. Um is the second It's a Wonderful one. Life. It is It's a Wonderful what? Life. <laughs> yes, Mr. Potter is the allegory for Koopa. Why, why would you guess it and then be surprised that it's correct? Because <laughs> that was a joke. Yes, uh. but it, it's, it also works. I also thought it was a joke, Sarah. I thought it was a little funny joke. I played you guys. It turns out it was great. <laughs> okay. Although Masters of the Universe should have been used in this game with the fact of uh, movies with actors way too good for this adaptation. See, I've never seen Masters of the I Universe. I haven't either. The film adaptation also wasn't a huge fan of the series. But Frank Langella was too good for that. Yes. All right, Mark, your final one, please. Uh, well, a movie with rubbery puppet costumes set in New York where the heroes travel through the sewers and the villain has two dim-witted sidekicks. I bet you'll never guess that one. <laughs> uh, meets a movie where the hero travels to an alternate version of his city with a villainous leader in a dark dystopian reality where chaos and violence rules. Also a movie sponsored by a shoe company. Um, so, so the first one is I Michael Bay's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I mean, it's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and I will tell you, I I think I almost had this exact same pairing because I switched out for It's a Wonderful Life specifically because I thought it was slightly funnier than this other movie, which I believe is Back to the Future Part Two. Correct. Uh, that was great. it. Was one of the first ones. As soon as they ended up in like the alternate reality or whatever in this weird underground city, I was like, man, this reminds me of crazy. Uh, Hill Valley in Back to the Future 2 where everything is backwards and it's like run-down city ruled by the crazy mobsters. Of course, there's one crazy rich ruler who doesn't care about anyone. Yep. And everyone else lives in slums. Yep. Which is almost what I thought you were talking about on your previous clue. (laughs) 
What? Like I said, I almost used yours. Anyway, my final one here. Uh, so a property featuring people who stumble upon a hidden society of sentient anthropomorphic descendants of dinosaurs meets a movie featuring heroes we are familiar with, but in a very different story, with universes colliding, people jumping dimensions, and objects phasing from one dimension to another. Space Jam. Nope. <laughs> I should have used Space Jam. That's a very good poll. I just, on my phone, popped up an ad for Space Jam 2. <laughs> <laughs> Starring LeBron James? Oh, uh, I'm not even... James. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it looks weird. Something about the animation makes me uncomfortable. Yeah, it's because um, Looney Tunes went to like a 3D animation a while back, and now all their cartoons look weird to me. Probably well, look fine to children. I've, I've seen some of them, and it doesn't bother me too much. There's something about them with humans. I just... Maybe it's LeBron James's face. I Sorry, mean, LeBron James. I'm sure you're could, fine that outside be, of basketball. I w that would be a bigger deterrent than the cartoons. I now I forgot what we were talking about. I just got stuck on LeBron. Descendants team. of dinosaurs that are anthropomorphic. Uh Theodore Rex. Hidden society, sentient anthropomorphic descendants of dinosaurs. So not Theodore Rex. Not Theodore Rex. It's a good pull though. <laughs> Wouldn't Is it? Is it a good pull? It's yeah, is that like movie. it's a it's a movie that you will instantly forget and it's fun to remember because Whoopi Goldberg had to do that movie and tried to get out of it, but couldn't. So, I will tell you this first one. I Oh, Dinotopia. Said, it is Dinotopia. I was going to say... Wait, I that was a movie? Said, I thought that was a TV series. I specifically was... said property because it was a book series and a miniseries, but not a movie. Was Whoopi in that? No. No, she that's Theodore Rex. She was in Theodore Rex. Rex. Oh. I remember the ads for Dinotopia constantly. I also remember wanting to watch it just because I thought the the like teenage boys in it were very cute i just watched that a couple years ago finally for the first time all right second one universes colliding different dimensions objects phasing in and out control the video game uh that <laughs> lars what's it movie where the world ends when the other planet comes Ooh, inception no. no i mean it's also this also has heroes you're familiar with but in a very different story uh end game uh no i think it might have been it's a very modern film i think it was around end game might have been a little after uh based on a comic book hero that has had a lot oh, of film into the spider-verse into the spider-verse is correct i uh, never saw that movie so oh mark it's very good <laughs> And much easier to understand than the stuff, some of the multi-universe stuff. Like, you get into, like, the the crisis stuff in DC and my brain hurts. Yeah, you can't keep track of it. Anyway, that's Dinotopia meets Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. And that's going to take us to our second game, which is the alternate tagline, which we put a word or phrase you would see in the movie poster for this film that encapsulates the theme, though possibly misses the point. So, I'm going to start us off here, um, based on a line Luigi says in this is, Super Mario Brothers, everything about this movie is improbable, unlikely, but somehow not impossible. According to Luigi, nothing is impossible. <laughs> Alright, Mark, your first one. Oh, <clears throat> pop quiz, hotshot. What if the dinosaurs were not extinct but sent to another dimension? What do you do? <laughs> 
<laughs> I bet you can't guess why I used that one. Uh-uh, never. Super Mario Brothers. Uh... <laughs> I feel like that describes everything you need to know. I, I just... I, I'm picturing her tagline is just, uh, on a poster. Yeah, just, just yeah, keep yeah. it going. Oh, I would love that. Just like the guy fell asleep while typing. <laughs> just like Super Mario Brothers. Uh... Like in um, uh, Monty Python, where the illustrator dies, and it just trails off. Ah. <laughs> My next word here. Uh, Super Mario Brothers. The Mushroom Kingdom has never been so literal or more disgusting. Mm. There's very few mushrooms. That's true. Yeah. I we saw like weird slime things that yeah. they fell into, but not actual mushrooms. Really? There was the one one actual mushroom. Mara uses it to block as a shield at the end of the film. But like That's the rest of it is king. like slimy yeah, yeah. weird things hanging so around when he the room. Becomes the king again. Is he like missing like a chunk of his stomach or something? Like is that his like <laughs> It's like, like yeah. his toe or, or something? something. Well, the thing about it is he was devolved down into a single-celled organism. And then that single-celled organism kept duplicating and expanding. So, like, is his body now billions of bodies? Does he have a bunch mm. of clones now? Can he, be, can he just use all of his clones to rebuild the kingdom? And maybe, maybe that's, that's what... that's the problem. Maybe that's when Daisy's come back and she's like, I have too many fathers! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this was what, 89? Were there clones 93. back then? This was 93. Why did I think 89? That must have been I don't something else. 93 is basically 90. They knew about cloning in 93, didn't they? When did I'm Dolly sure. get made? Dolly, yeah. All right, Mark, your next one. <clears throat> uh, Super Mario Brothers, two plumbers save Manhattan from going down the drain. <laughs> You Dolly knew it was coming. I did. <laughs> my, my final one's not better, but I like it better. <laughs> Dolly was when, Sarah? 96. 96. All right. My final one here is Super Mario Brothers, your favorite two-dimensional heroes, now in two dimensions. <laughs> I'm going to need you to leave. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, bringing us to our final game, which is the TV Guide game. A description of the plot of the film you'd see in a TV Guide or Netflix description, which is technically accurate, but maybe misses the point. All right, Mark, you're going to start us off here telling our audience what the plot of Super Mario Brothers is. As a descendant of dinosaurs, the reptilian human king Koopa plans to overthrow the humans and take over the world. To that end, Koopa has built up an arsenal of weapons and explosives in order to display true dino might. There it is. There it is. <laughs> There's a, there was so much build-up to the pun. You knew it was. Oh, boy. All right, my first one. Like, my second one's similar vein, but we'll get to that. My first one. New Yorkers travel to a foreign land where they don't understand the customs and end up killing the leader and destabilizing the government. Wah, wah. It's, I mean, it's basically dinosaur Les Mis. Yeah, kinda. It's as if New Yorkers went to France and just like, oh, I don't, I don't think we should have a king. Let's kill the king. <laughs> Les Mis isn't about the French Revolution. I'm aware. I was making a different point about New Yorkers on holiday and not about Les Mis. You know Les Mis is about Sarah being killed on stage. I didn't get killed. <laughs> I had tuberculosis. 
You got killed by disease. I I just died. <laughs> I I've gotten killed in other shows. This one I that one I just died. <laughs> All right, Mark, your second oh, one, wait, please. Oh wait, what what does Sarah have one? No. no. Oh, <clears throat> okay, my second one then. Luigi is understandably nervous when he meets the father of his new love, but King Bowser proves he really is a fun guy. Yep. Mm, yep. How? Yep. How many you got, Mark? I was trying to figure out how to work that in. I almost uh, used that pun for a tagline, where it's Mario Bros, none of the fun, but all the fun guy. But yeah. Yeah. Out, out, out. <laughs> out, damn spot. All right, my last one here. The plot of Super Mario Brothers is about a high-powered New York real estate mogul is ruined when a rival small business's interference makes a monkey out of him. Bum, bum, ba, da, bum. You're both Bye. dead to me. <laughs> See, at least I'm not the only one making terrible jokes out of uh, it, though. I'm so, uh -huh. I'm I mean, so... when you have a movie that's that bad, you just have to make jokes about it. Correct. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm so Sarah, I'd be more inclined to respect your opinion if you had written a single one for that game. <laughs> I, all of my funny stuff I said during the main body of That's the fair. podcast, and I got nothing mm. funny left. All right. Well, good, because it's not time for funny. It's time for reviews. Let's go on to our first review scale, which is our infamous potato scale. Telling our audience what they can expect to feel while watching this film in terms of our relationship with potatoes. And as always, I'm going to look up my answer. One of you are free to give your review of Super Mario Brothers. Ha! Do you think I did this? Mark? You know, I had stuff written down and I just thought of another one just because. Go for it. Are you going to make... Mm, never mind. Go ahead. Well, okay, so my original thought was, first of all, potato skins, because, according to our scale, that is not enough there, has its moments, but is disappointing. And I think there were some lines every now and then that were kind of funny, but the movie itself was just bleh. <laughs> and I, based on our whole podcast, I think we kind of all agree on that, that it had kind of nothing to it, and it didn't follow the, like, I guess the video game itself didn't have a lot of story to it, but the movie didn't follow the game at all, and other than the names of the characters and the movie itself, it didn't really seem to follow along that story so it just kind of didn't fit to me i also wrote down hash browns which was something according to our scale couldn't finish it which i don't think i have ever used before but i remember distinctly even though it's been a couple weeks since i watched this that in the middle of the movie i got up and walked away to wash dishes and eat dinner because it was too boring for me to sit here and watch the whole thing without doing something else in the middle of it so even though i did watch the whole movie i don't think that i would just be able to sit down and watch it straight through without doing something else uh at the same time and I wrote potato salad, which I also don't know if I've ever used before, because according to our scale, that means just the worst. And based on my number I scale, which we will decide later, it is probably, I think, the lowest score I have ever given a movie. So that was perfectly apt in that it was the lowest score and the worst movie that we have reviewed.
But just now, while we were talking, I th- I thought maybe moldy potatoes because then it would have fungi on it. <laughs> uh-huh. so, um, I have no idea what that would mean on our scale, but I just thought it was funny because there's mushrooms in the movie. So that was a lot of reviews that... Yes. What did you end up with your potatoes? I wrote down potato skin, hash brown, potato salad. Um, I did black potato, which is troubling issues because, goodness gracious, do a lot of weird, dark things happen for something based on a children's franchise. Um, and I also did Mr. Potato Head, which is, don't think about it too much, because this is another one that if I think about it too much, I lose my brain. And I start going down rabbit ho- holes of trying to make logic out of things. And we know what happens when I try to do that. I just start just losing my mind and just... I, flames? I yell, flames? Flames on the side flames. of my face. You get into the, the what happened with the baby thing. And I can't do it again. Um. So yeah, like, just this was another mental break of a movie. So, black Mr. Potato Heads. No, no, hey. Nope. It's 2021. We can have a black Mr. Potato Head. It's fine. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, I have never been more sure that my review is going to be quite a bit different than your guys' review, especially on the number scale. However, for what I have written down, what I've decided for my potatoes, not too far off. Uh, First and foremost, I put down McDonald's fries. I think this is a good, bad movie. I don't think it's a film that you should watch alone. (laughs) I don't think it's a film. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's not a film. It's a movie. I don't think it's something you should watch alone. I think if you got a group of people together to watch a terrible film, this is a great pick because it is entertaining enough and it keeps moving. It doesn't try to like, doesn't weigh you down with too much plot. It just keeps going. And like there's action sequences that don't make any sense. And it's a fun movie that doesn't make any sense. In that sense, my second one is a Mr. Potato Head, where you shouldn't think too much about this thing, because it doesn't make any sense. And don't try to relate it to the Mario that you know, because this isn't a Mario that you know. This is a completely different thing. Third, along Mark's idea, I did put down Potatoes with Eyes, just because... Uh, spoiled with age in that this movie was spoiled, but it started. I also wanted, like, I'm making fries out of Mr. Potato Head, and if those fries had eyes, it would show you how gross it was to look at this film. <laughs> Just imagining classic fries with eyes on them and how disgusting that would be to see. But yeah, that's all of mine together. Mr. Potato Head shaved into fries uh, <laughs> after he has spoiled. Terrifying. Alrighty, so that is going to bring us to our second review scale, which is a more traditional 0 to 10 scale, telling our audience should they go back and watch this film. Um, looking at my thing Your of thing. what my my numbers that I have, first I'm gonna give it a fake number, and then I'll give it a real number because Carl hates it when I gave it fake numbers. I'm giving it an eye again. <laughs> Alright, how many eyes is this getting? Um, but I'm giving it an eye because this is another one where I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. Like Alice in Wonderland, I'm just lost. But I agree this is a good bad movie. 
So I'm sticking it around what I had DuckTales, which was a six. Because you know what? This wasn't, this wasn't a man of the house. This wasn't a surf ninjas. I had, <laughs> I had some fun with this insanity. It's still insanity that I just cannot wrap my head around. And every time I go down a plot hole, I lose my brain. But I'm okay with that. I, I would have preferred if I had someone to watch it with where I could have talked out that insanity at the time instead of now. But if you have someone you can do that with, that you can have that stream of consciousness at the time and not like later when it's like, Wah! you'll have a good time. So six eye. All right, Mark, what do you got? So as I said earlier, I barely made it through this movie once and did not want to watch through a second time to make sure I remembered it correctly before we recorded. So <laughs> when I wrote down the score, it was based on other movies that we have watched and how much I liked those. I do agree, like I said, in the potato scale, there were some funny lines, some funny parts to the movie, but overall I didn't really enjoy it at all. I didn't care about any of the characters, which meant that I didn't care about what happened to them at the end of the story. And I actually ended up putting it lower than Warriors of Virtue, which was... <gasps> Which was previously my lowest score on our scale, <laughs> but I think the only reason it was lower than that is because I was thinking it over, and even though I haven't watched Warriors of Virtue since we did the podcast, I kind of felt in my mind that if I were to have a choice between the two, that I would probably prefer to watch Warriors of Virtue a second time over watching this a second time. So... It had its good points, but it was also very low on my list, and I couldn't think of a reason to put it super low, but since it was behind Warriors of Virtue, I docked it a tenth, no, a hundredth of a point, so I put it at 3.49 instead of a 3.5, which I gave Warriors of Virtue. I think you're but forgetting how bad Warriors I put it at slightly lower because there were some reasons that it was funny and some lines that I liked hearing, but overall I don't think I would ever care to watch it again. And I don't really see a reason that anybody who hasn't seen it should should see it. So I put it as my lowest score ever at a 3.49. Wow. I think Warriors the Warriors of Virtue has given him Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> See, now Warriors of Virtue though to me it was a bad movie, but at least it was fun to watch. This one oh. I didn't even oh, get no, any no, enjoyment. No, no. I had, forgetting. You were forgetting. forgetting. That movie had no enjoyment. Uh, right, right. That movie was bad throughout. And it uh, anyway, we're not <laughs> reviewing that film. My don't, review. Don't bring for this, up the kangaroos. The, the number I had in my brain uh, before I started looking at my reviews and trying to make them consistent uh, was a six. I was going to be right around Sarah where like I felt like for a good bad film, it's not going to get great points. It's not going to excel into your sevens and higher. But like I think a good bad film, the highest it can get is around a six where if you know what you're in for when you start watching it, in that this is a bad film, then you can enjoy it for being a bad film. However, now looking at my scale, to make it more consistent, uh, the two films that I would put right next to this in that 
uh, so bad it's good category of watching films, we've got Mac and Me and Junior, <laughs> both of which I gave a five. So I'm docking it a point to be consistent and giving it a five. I honestly surprised I'm giving it not the highest review, but there you have it. So that's going to close out our review scale. Uh, Sarah, would you like to tell people where they can find us online should they choose to do so? No, because I lost the notebook that says so. <laughs> you haven't memorized it by now? You know what it is. Something and something. And Carl just passed out because <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, it's retrograding.fireside.fm and at Facebook I think it's just retrograding podcast yeah yeah. yeah. and our music is done by Dominique Barnes who continues to be great that one I remember yes uh, so our final segment before we close out uh, is a lesson I picked up by watching the film, something I'm going to share with our audience so they can mull it over in the coming month before our next recording. Uh, and I took this, um, it's something that took Mario a really long time to learn in this film. And so I feel like because he had to go so far, I feel like if I give it to people now, they can use it within their own lives. And so guys, I learned something today. And it is simply, trust the fungus. So if you see some black mold in your house, leave it be. If you have a weird growth on your food, try eating it. Trust the fungus. All right, that is going to close out this episode of Retrograding. We will catch you guys next time. Fungus means mushrooms and those are gross.